Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host of this Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. You for sticking with me throughout the offseason, and thank you for making part of me a part of your day. Easy for me to say. And I hope you're having a great start to your week. Here we go. Back at it. It's Monday, and we have a lot to talk about. No, there wasn't really any breaking news over the weekend. No, we're still kind of digesting the Ben Roethlisberger contract. But you know what? I kept on thinking about fan response That's kind of what I like to do the most. I like to get my fingers right on the pulse of Steeler Nation. I check Twitter all the time, Instagram from time to time. I really try to stay away from Facebook. Gosh, that is like the worst of the worst are on Facebook, in my opinion. The the hot takery and all that stuff. Yikes. I mean, we put all our stuff from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way. We put all of our articles there because it is the largest platform, but holy cow. Facebook is like the burning trash can of social media when it comes to the Steelers. It's just, you can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sure a lot of you can't do it. But nonetheless, I try to keep my finger on the pulse of the Steelers. And I was like, okay, what's everyone thinking right now? Like, What's everyone feeling right now? And after Ben Roethlisberger's contract, we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. When the news broke, it was kind of it was like this gray matter. We didn't know what was going on. Like, how much are they saving with Roethlisberger? What's his actual salary cap hit going to be? 
What does it mean for future years? These were all these questions that no one had answers to. And then slowly but surely, those answers started to kind of matriculate their way through social media. And now all of a sudden, we know a lot more. We know how they're saving roughly $15 million on the salary cap. And I just want to make something very clear. that When it comes to salary cap space, number one, anyone that says anything. So if you see Jeremy Fowler of ESPN or Brooke Pryor of ESPN or I don't, I don't know, Ed Boucher of the Athletics say the Steelers have X number of salary cap space available. Take that with a grain of salt. Why? We've talked about it ad nauseum. No one knows what the salary cap number is going to be. So are they using that number based on a $180 million salary cap? Are they basing it off of 185? Are they basing it off of 190? These are important questions to know. Don't just see, up. Oh, Jeremy Fowler said they have $2 million in cap space available after Ben Roethlisberger's deal. Well, it depends. If he's using 185 and it comes out that it's going to be 180, they don't have $2 million of space. They're back in the, they're back in the red. So you need to make sure that you keep that in check. Depending on what number you're using, the Steelers could have some space available. Very, very little. Please remember that they still have work to be done. There is still work to be done with the salary cap. They're not done making moves. This is the last week before the new league year starts. On the 15th is the tampering period. The 17th is when the new league year officially starts. There is still work to be done. But people that are out there saying, oh, you got Ben's contract done, go sign Bud Dupree. Are you serious? Come on, people. Have a brain, please. Understand the cap situation they were in. Now they're in a better situation, but in no way, shape, or form are they at the point where they can say, all right, we're going to go sign Bud Dupree now because now we have all these millions of dollars just floating around for us to use. Now, it doesn't work that way. does not work that way. Okay, so before we get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, I want to make a reminder of a quick announcement. Every Tuesday night, okay, every Tuesday night, I'm asking all of my ride-or-die crew, to get the Locker Room app. It's a free app, only for iOS users. So if you have an Apple product, you can use it only for iOS users. And every Tuesday, I'm, I'm try- I tried it out last week. I was really happy with the way it worked. I basically put out my tweet like I normally do for my mailbag segment on Wednesday. I got a ton of really good responses on Twitter, and I mixed them in with the live callers from the Locker Room app. I want to do that again. But I'm hoping that if you're an iOS user, you will actually get that app. It is free. Create an account. It is free. Follow me at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T, which is the same as my Twitter handle. And when I go live, I'll put out an article about an hour before I go live. And then you'll see a tweet from me as well. You'll know exactly what time you come on. You can talk about the Steelers. You can ask me a bunch of questions. And so far, the last two times I've done it, I've done two rooms is what they call them. I've done two rooms on the locker room app and both times I've had a lot of people that have been on a bunch. They've asked me a bunch of questions. So I'd like to get some new voices in there and I hope you can join me this Tuesday around 7 30, 8 o'clock Eastern time. And if there's another time that works out better, I'd be glad to entertain that. But let's get to the headline of this podcast. The, like I said, the meat and potatoes of this podcast. And here's what I thought in the wake of, of Ben Roethlisberger's contract news. Everyone, not everyone, let me rephrase that. A lot of people are saying that this is the beginning of the end for the Steelers. That once Roethlisberger's done, and we all assume that's going to be after the 2021 season, that the Steelers are basically done. They're just done. They're not going to have, 
any they're not going to have a quarterback they're going to have a lot of their roster is going to be in flux it's already going to be in flux with the massive amount of free agents that they have coming up this offseason and a lot of people were basically giving you this doomsday prophecy for the Pittsburgh Steelers and I get it I understand why people might say that but at the same time maybe it's the eternal optimist in me I'm not sure but what if Hear me out here. What if this is actually just the beginning for the Steelers and not doomsday? What if that was the case? And so if you're sitting there, wherever, standing there, walking, wherever you are listening to me, and you're thinking, Jeff, I need some optimism, brother. Give me something positive. Give me something to say, Jeff, this isn't the beginning of the end. This is actually the beginning of something good. It kind of reminds me of Tell Me Something Good, that that song, which I've always loved that song. Uh, But I digress. Let's talk about this. I'm going to break this down because everyone that says that this is the beginning of the end always points to one main factor, and that is losses. Not physical games, but I'm talking about people that are now no longer on the team or are expected to not be on the team. So they're looking at the decimation of a roster. So what I did is I looked at offensive losses and defensive losses. And I thought to myself, okay, is this a huge impact on the team moving forward? Or maybe does the team have a plan in place to replace that player and it would be the beginning of a new generation of Steelers depending on the situation? Let's go through this. I think everyone would say that offensively they're poised to potentially lose a lot more than on defense. And so when you're looking at the losses of a player like Marquise Pouncey to retirement, Vance McDonald to retirement, Juju Smith-Schuster is expected to be leaving via free agency, James Conner the same in free agency, Matt Filer will probably find a new home in free agency, and Alejandro Villanueva, same, ditto, free agency expected to leave. That's a lot of names. That's a lot of names. And these are just the high-profile players. I'm not adding in players like Gerald Hawkins, who was a third tight, or third tackle for the team and was more used as a tight end, the Zach Banner role from a year prior. Now let's go through these one by one. So Marquise Pouncey, his retirement, I think, was left the biggest void for the Steelers because when you look at him retiring, and I know that he's no, he was no longer the player that he once was. It's evident when you watch the Steelers play. With that said, I think this is the biggest void, and you would love for the Steelers to be able to fill this void with a free agent. I've brought up the name Jeff Hardings before. I think he's a really good example of a veteran that's maybe towards the end of their career but has a few good years left. If you get a guy like a Hardings to come in, he's not going to cost you a ton of money. But at the same time, if you draft a center as well, and I'm not crazy about the centers in this upcoming draft class, but if you draft a center as well, or or if you get a free agent that you really like, let's not forget J.C. Hassenauer, who is a restricted free agent, I believe. He signed his tender, so he'll be back this year. So if you go into the season with a veteran free agent, even if it's a little bit cheaper contract, and J.C. Hassenauer, you might be able to bypass drafting a center if you're not crazy about those players or if those players that you had targeted are off the board when you're ready to pick. And so I think that the center position is the biggest void because I think you have to because of the draft class. I just think it's so weak. I don't see a center 
in this draft class where you can walk in on day one, pull a Marquise Pouncey, you left Florida, you come into Pittsburgh, and you're starting. I don't think there's a center in this draft class. So they are going to have to be active in the free agent market when it comes to finding that next center. That's a void. That's an issue. So not to get off on the wrong foot, but let's continue. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's expected to leave. I don't think anyone's shocked by that, first and foremost, but also does anyone out there, anyone out there, question the Steelers drafting a wide receiver? I sure as heck don't. They're basically a wide receiver factory. Yeah, they've had some that haven't really panned out, but my goodness, they know how to draft receivers. If there's a position that I'm saying, okay, you will be all right. Juju can go. They'll draft a receiver. We'll be all right. It would be the Steelers. It would be the wide receiver position. My goodness, they they have proven that they can do this. So absolutely, I think that when you look at the, the Pittsburgh Steelers and replacing Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm not that concerned about that at all. James Conner is expected to leave. All right, well, I think that there's plenty of options for the Steelers, and there's going to be options in free agency as well as in the draft. Everyone's talking about Najee Harris, uh, Etienne from Clemson, or Williams from North Carolina in the draft. Those are all options. Those are all options. But let's also not forget the Steelers could say, well, we actually are going to try to address this with someone like maybe Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack played with the Indianapolis Colts. He tore his Achilles. He seems to be fully healthy, but that's a player that you could get on the cheap. It's not going to cost you a ton of money, but at the same time could have a lot of upside. And I can't take full credit for that. Michael Beck, our deputy editor, he was the one that suggested Marlon Mack would be a really good fit for the Steelers as a veteran presence, would really go well with Benny Snell Jr. and Anthony McFarland and Jalen Samuels, would round out that group nicely, and would be that veteran that the Steelers probably need at both, you know, running back is one of those positions. Receiver is another one where they need a veteran. But still, I think that the the Steelers have options there. And if they don't like the free agents or they can't afford any of the free agents, there are plenty of running backs in the upcoming draft, some that could be had in the second round, that could turn out to be really good picks for the Steelers. Again, I'm not that concerned about Connor. In the worst-case scenario, at running back, if James Conner does leave and they have to rely on Benny Snell Jr. and Anthony McFarland and Jalen Samuels, I think they could actually get that done. You may laugh and think, Jeff, you're nuts. I think they could actually get that done. I really do. So <clears throat> I think the running back position, I'm okay with them, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't think that's a problem. Now, Matt Filer, he's a versatile guy. He can play guard. He can play tackle. That brings a lot of value, and he's probably going to get a big contract from someone out there. Uh, you look at what B.J. Finney got last season when he was a free agent, You're, and I was shocked at that contract that Seattle gave him. When you see what B.J. Finney got, you're thinking that Matt Filer, who has all that experience as a starter, is going to make more. With that said, I don't think that the Steelers, with Kevin Dotson being as good as he was as a rookie, and he still has a lot of room to improve. I'm not here to say he's perfect. It eases that blow. It eases that blow a lot. So if Matt Filer leaves and Dotson fills in, I think the Steelers will be just fine. And then big Alejandro Villanueva, he's expected to leave. Zach Banner's expected to fill in. Banner's already been talking about the fact that he could be sticking around Pittsburgh for a while. And since he's going to be sticking around, you're thinking, okay, well, Chooks a core for He and Banner were neck and neck with that right tackle position. Who's more comfortable on the left side? You can put one of them over there. And then also... This draft class is extremely deep at tackle. And so when you think the Steelers have the 24th pick, they could go tackle with their first round pick, 
Or if they don't go to tackle with their first round, they could probably still get a really good tackle in the second round. So with that said, I think that Alejandro Villanueva leaving eases that blow. So now all of a sudden you looked at all those losses, Pouncey, Juju, Connor, Filer, Alejandro Villanueva, and you're thinking, oh boy, what are the Steelers going to do? I think the Steelers are going to be fine. The biggest concern that I have for the offensive side of the ball is Pouncey. Made that very clear right at the right out of the out of the gate. But on the offensive side, I know that this is Roethlisberger's last year. But on the offensive side, is it doomsday? Is this a doomsday prediction for me? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I'll get to this in a second. It's going to be key for their draft. This is going to be a huge draft for the Steelers for a lot of reasons. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, you're expected to lose Bud Dupree. Tyson Alawalu is kind of up in the air. If he signs a you know, cheap final contract with the Steelers two to three years, then maybe he sticks around. And then you have Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton. So let's do the same thing for the defense that we did with the offense. Let's go one by one, see what they have, what are the options. So Bud Dupree, not, no one expected Bud to be back even if he didn't tear his ACL. When he tore his ACL against Baltimore, I think a lot of fans thought, well, hey, wait a second, maybe we could get Bud Dupree on the cheap. Maybe we could get Bud Dupree, and he could be super, super cheap, and we'll get him for a good deal, and he'll be able to be great. No, it doesn't work that way. I mean, ACL tears are horrible, and it definitely is a setback on a career but the recovery and the surgery and the process has been so refined and so fine-tuned. Athletes are coming back from ACL tears and having career years. Bud Dupree is going to get paid. It's not going to be by Pittsburgh. Pretty certain of that. Okay, now, with Bud Dupree gone, Alex Highsmith wrote an article for him, about him on the, the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, on Sunday. He's excited to take that year one to year two jump. I think he could. Sure, they're going to have to add some depth at the outside linebacker position, but I think that Highsmith is going to be good enough that it's not going to be a detriment to the team. I don't think they're going to have to get an outside linebacker or an edge pass rusher, whatever you want to call them, in the first or second round. They might be able to add some depth later in the round. I don't think they have to address it in free agency either. It might be nice. Sure, it'd be great to get a Carl Lawson, but he's going to price himself out of Pittsburgh too. So you got to think about these things logistically. If Highsmith is, is the only answer... I think they're going to be okay. Let's go to Tyson Alawalu. Now, Alawalu is a very versatile defensive lineman. Do they have the answer in-house? So go back to the offense. You talked about, I talked about Filer and how with Dotson, it's kind of like an in-house uh, transition. It's You don't need to spend a lot of in the draft or anything. The, the guy that is going to take over is there. He's there and he's. it's expected to be a smooth transition. With Tyson Alawalu, is that person in-house? So is it... Isaiah Bugs, is it Carlos Davis? Is it, you know, I could keep going with some of these other options. And I didn't even leave, when I'm talking about defensive losses, I didn't even bring up like Chris Wormley or anyone like that because I feel like they're pretty much gone anyways. But Alawalu can play nose tackle and defensive end. I think that they could also address this in the draft. They might be able to find a Steve McClendon type out there that's a veteran that has a few good years left. Not going to cost them a lot of money. Might be a cap casualty for another team. And they might be able to bring him in. They might be able to bring him in. And then I think ultimately they want to keep Alawalu. Hopefully he'd be willing to say, look, I, I'm not going to really test the waters. I want to stay here. I want to stay here. I'm going to take less to stay here. And so that's the hope. But the Steelers are going to have options both in the draft and possibly free agency there as well. Now with Hilton and Sutton, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They need to keep one. They need to keep one. 
I don't care if it's Hilton or Sutton. I'm leaning more towards Sutton. I think Hilton's going to cost too much money. Sutton is a very versatile player. I think that if you can keep one, they'll be fine. So if you look at those losses, Doomsday Prophecy there for the defense, the loss of Bud Dupree, maybe Tyson Alawalu, Hilton or Sutton. You lose both Hilton or Sutton, it's going to be a big blow, but I don't think it's going to be the end of the world for the defense. You're still going to have, you're going to be getting Devin Bush back. TJ Watt is TJ Watt. Minka Fitzpatrick is Minka Fitzpatrick. The cornerbacks would be back, barring someone be a, a, cup, a cap casualty. I think that they would be just fine. I just want to make, I guess I, I, the whole point of this, and I'm going to wrap this up coming up after our break, is look at the losses because that's what everyone points to. And they say it's time to tear it down and then build it back stronger. Maybe they don't have to do that. Maybe they don't have to do that. We'll talk about that more right after this break. Stay tuned. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman. Thank you for joining me on this Monday morning. Hope that you're off to a great day, and I hope you're really digging into this information that I'm delivering to you. I think this is important to talk about. Before free agency starts, this is important to talk about. So after all those losses, like Pouncey, Juju, Connor, Filer, Big Al, Bud Dupree, Tyson Alawalu, Hilton, Sutton, you could even throw in like Hawkins and Wormley, all those guys. Is this... If they lose the vast majority of those, which I do predict they are going to lose the vast majority of those, if they lose all those, is this roster lost, quote-unquote, used air quotes there, is it a lost cause? Is this the beginning of the end? Is this doomsday? I hope that in that first segment I, I told you that what my beliefs are. My belief is that this is not a lost roster. My belief is that this team is still going to be competitive. And my belief is that if you go through every single one of those answers that I had for the potential losses, you're looking at the potential of the beginning of the next era. The beginning of the next era. Because barring cap casualties, and when I say that, I'm talking about someone like Joe Hayden being cut because the Steelers need to free up cap space. Steven Nelson being cut to free up cap space. Vince Williams getting cut or released. David DeCastro getting cut or released. Barring cap casualties, this roster is not lost. There's no need to blow it up. You see that a lot on Twitter. Time to blow it up. Just blow it up. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be gone. Just blow it up. I don't necessarily agree with that. Not only are you suggesting that the team, the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, that the coach has never had a losing season. They haven't had a losing season since 2003. Not only are you kind of suggesting that they just tank, they would never do that, by the way, but at the, uh, they still have too good of a defense to blow it up. I saw on, like, I think it was Bleacher Report or something, someone had said that they should trade TJ Watt. 
what? I mean, what? I think they had him traded to the Patriots. Like, why in the world would they even consider that? I mean, think about that. It just mind-blowing stupidity. But there's no need to blow it up, but let me put an emphasis on a couple things. First, and I said this already, they have nine draft picks. Whether that stays at nine, whether it goes down to seven or eight because they make a trade, or whether it goes up to 10 or 11 because they might trade back or something of that nature, they need to hit on their draft picks. It doesn't have to be the 2020 draft. The 2020 draft was very special. That draft class, only six of them. Okay, the last time they had six or fewer was in 2003 when they traded up to get Troy Polamalu. That's a pretty good move. But still, they have nine draft picks. Kevin Colbert and company, they're going to have to hit a few of them out of the park. They're going to have to get players that not only can play right away, but are going to be future starters. Think of last season. Okay, that draft class I thought was tremendous. Chase Claypool, future starter for years to come. As long as they want him, they want to pay him, he'll be there. You look at Alex Highsmith, future starter. He'll be there as long as they want him. Kevin Dotson, same thing. Those three guys, you hit it out of the park. You hit it out of the park. So they're going to have to get some of those in this draft. They're going to have to really, really prioritize their needs, and that's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a huge challenge. The only concerning thing for me, and when you think back to everything that I said in terms of the answers for the losses of players, the only concerning thing is is something that I've sadly had to talk about way too much, and I really wish the NFL would just give us the freaking number, and that's the salary cap. The salary cap is the only concerning aspect of this offseason for me because it can absolutely wreck a team like the Steelers' offseason plans. So when I said, oh, Pouncey's gone, that's a big void, that's got me a little concerned, they just need to go out and get a free agent, get a Jeff Harding's type, that's easy to say, if the salary cap is not 185, like some are predicting, if it's 180, which is the floor that they set, they're not going to be able to get a player like that. In other words, they're going to have to draft a center, and they're going to have to have that center playing first first string reps right away, starting reps, unless they like J.C. Hassenauer instead. Either way, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that in any way, shape, or form. So the salary cap is the only concerning aspect of this offseason for me. Now, you might be listening to this and saying, well, Jeff, this is all well and good, and you did a good job breaking down the roster, but you're forgetting the only position that matters in the NFL. You're forgetting the quarterback position. If you don't have a good quarterback anymore in the NFL, you're not doing anything. And I understand and I agree 100%. I did not forget the quarterback position. Look, Roethlisberger is going to be back for 2021. Will he be back beyond that? I don't know. They do have options with him. If they would rather have him, let's say he plays well in 2021, and they say, Ben, we want to have you back. You still got some gas in the tank. Let's have you back. Come back. Let's see what we can do. That's an option for the Steelers. They can also void his contract after this year. Sure, Ben's going to have to want to play, and they're going to have to do the finances, all that, this, that, and the other. I get all that, but they do have that option. But let's, for the sake of argument, just state that Ben's done after this season. He's not coming back. Well, I, I tie this in with an article that I wrote that I ran on Sunday morning for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I, I hope you all take the time to check it out 
it started off as, you know, I had talked a lot. I'd answered a lot of questions the past few weeks from our, the mailbag segment here on this show that a lot of people were asking about Dwayne Haskins. And even on our Steelers preview podcast, which is live on YouTube on Thursday night, myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis, um, I, we had got a lot of people just wondering about Dwayne Haskins. And I had been wondering about Dwayne Haskins. And so I did some research. I was just kind of assessing the value of Dwayne Haskins to the Steelers in 2021 and beyond. And that was kind of the gist of the article. It started off as just, I want to watch some film, see what he does well, see what he struggles with, take a look into the off the field stuff. And when I started the article, it was supposed to be a really quick article. It wasn't going to be anything that's, that was that in depth, but it turned into its own beast. And I read and linked in there, uh, Cliff Harris is still a punk. That's what we call him on, uh, our uh, behind the steel curtain comment section, he had written two articles right when the Steelers had signed Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he wrote two articles breaking down Haskins, one, the things that he does poorly, and it doesn't give you much hope at all. And then the other was reasons for hope, things that Haskins does well, how he meshes well with a Matt Canada style offense. He did a really good deep dive into when he, uh, Haskins was in Washington compared what they kind of did with what Canada did with Jacoby Brissett when he was at NC State and they were together. Uh, it was really good. And so I kind of started watching highlights. And I I could already hear the commenters on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com saying, anyone can watch highlights. They're only showing the good plays. To me, I can see a lot from highlights. Like, for instance, his rookie highlights, when you watch them, there were a lot of plays that weren't that good for him as a quarterback. His receivers made tremendous catches. They made really good adjustments on poorly thrown passes. It was very telling. He looked like a rookie. I mean, he looked like a rookie. He looked like he didn't really understand it. He struggled mentally, wouldn't process things well. But then you go and you look at the next year's highlights, and that was 2020, and that was an abbreviated year for him because that was a year where he got in hot water off the field with the COVID protocols. Um He definitely looked better at times in 2020. It didn't seem like it was too fast for him. He used the experience from his rookie year to at least on the surface look better, but he struggled mightily in 2020, and that got him cut. And I, when I finished the article, because I even dug into Hogs Haven, which is the SB Nation version of BTSC behind the steel curtain. That's like the the Washington site. When I, I read a lot of articles that they had published about Haskins when he was still with the team. And the only thing I kept that kept coming back to my mind over and over again when I was watching film, reading Kevin's uh, breakdown, looking at the Hogs Havens articles, looking on social media, I, I kept on thinking this guy is a true wild card. He is a true wild card. And the Steelers, it's a no-risk proposition for them. I mean, no risk, none. He is, the the Steelers, you're talking about a league minimum contract. I think they're owing him like $850,000. If he doesn't make the team, they don't owe him anything. And for the Steelers, if you're worried about the organization, don't be. They're in the best situation they could. They could possibly be in. No guaranteed money. A former first-round pick who has, I would say a lot of people would say has a lot of upside. And so I wouldn't be concerned with that. But he has experience. Like I said, he has a ton of upside. 
But there's that off the field stuff. There's the is the game too big for him? Is he is he just another failed Ohio State quarterback? Well, let me just say this. Two things. First, the Washington football organization, whether you want to call them the Redskins when he was drafted or the Washington football team, they are one of the most dysfunctional organizations in the NFL and have been since Dan Snyder bought them. That's important. Uh, Haskins has had multiple head coaches in his short season. He has had multiple offensive coordinators. Let's not forget, though, in 2020, and this is when the wheels fell off that led to his release, he was actually voted a captain on the team. He was a captain. Now, whether they do a vote like the Steelers do, it's like a player vote, I don't know, or whether the coaches just grant players that they are the captain, I'm not sure. But to me, that was very telling. That's very telling. So everyone say he's such a pain in the locker room and he's a a cancer, and why would the Steelers do that after Bell and Brown and all that? I'm not buying that because ultimately this team, the Washington football team, clearly liked him enough that they gave him a C on his jersey, okay? So he is the ultimate wild card. And so let's bring it full circle. Could he be the answer at quarterback? I think he has every bit of a chance to do that as if the Steelers drafted one. And there's a lot of people, and I kind of agree with it, say that this is their draft pick. This is the guy that they drafted technically to maybe be the future, but they're not sure. They got to see what they have. Do I still think the Steelers would be smart to make a move and get a quarterback if the right guy's there? Yeah. But if they don't, I think that he's kind of that guy. He's that guy. So we'll see. Hopefully you check out that article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And hopefully this podcast maybe had you breathing a little bit easier. Maybe you're thinking, maybe it's not the end of the world. Maybe the Steelers are really just going to retool, reload on the fly. Could happen. They need the draft to go well. And they really need that salary cap to be at a, a decent number, closer to 190, and they'll be fine. Anything lower than that, they could be in trouble. So you know what? That's fine. Look, here's the deal. Tuesday, today's Monday, tomorrow night, Tuesday night. I want you all to get that locker room app. I would love to join you. have you join me. I'd love for you to ask me questions. I had some people last time that just sat there and listened, which is fine. But Heck, you're on there for a reason. Ask a question. Let's talk about the Steelers. Hopefully you join me. Otherwise, if you're an Android user, I'm going to be putting out the tweet as I always do and make sure you respond so I can answer those live on the air because all that recording will be taken over and will be my Wednesday mailbag podcast. So hopefully you check that out. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. That's it. That's a wrap for this show. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host, as we always finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you on Wednesday. Take care. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.